Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we look at Paul having left Berea, going to Athens. And at Athens, he has a discourse with the philosophers, the Epicureans, the Stoics, the ones who worshipped other idols. idols. Let's look, I'll, I'll split that into two parts. Um, but let's look at um, Acts chapter 17, verse 16 to 23. Let us pray. Father, come and speak to us. Speak to us your truths, Lord, as you build us up in the faith. Not only to build us up in the faith, but to build us up that we may share our joy, our faith with others. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, He seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, Maybe know what this new teaching is that you're presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Paul went to Athens, the first thing that he saw was the city was full of idols, and he was greatly distressed. I wonder why he was greatly distressed. Was he distressed because of because of the evil in the idols or what was it that distressed him? Well, we get a hint here in Romans chapter one verse twenty five, Paul writes People exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. So it appears from this passage in Romans chapter 1 that the thing that distressed Paul was that the people had been taken in by a lie. It's one thing to be a Jew and monotheistic. It's another thing to be worshipping lots of idols because the thing about idols is that they're all created things. They're stones and gems and pieces of wood. And for a person then to be led into believing that these things have power, these things are to be worshipped, these things are God. Well, first, it's a lie. But more than that, there are spiritual powers behind these idols. And I'm sure then that Paul, knowing that these people were caught in this trap, this lie, that created things could be powerful because of the demons behind them, I think he, that was the cause of his distress. 
But yet, Paul did not just feel distressed and walk away. Sure, he went to the synagogues and he preached to the Jews and to the God-fearing Greeks who had already abandoned their idolatry. But he also spoke in the marketplace to whoever was there, and there would have been many idol worshippers. He also spoke of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. Generally, philosophers are not idol worshippers, although it hints that some of these may have been the way he talks to them. But as he debated with them, of course, there were different, um, there were different opinions. Some said that he was a babbler. Others wanted to know more. And this is something we need to learn. That as we share the gospel, as we debate, whether with friends, as we help them to understand God better, that we don't get 100% success. Not everyone will listen to us and say, I believe in your God and I believe in Jesus Christ. There will be some who will call us babblers. There will be some who will laugh to our, in our faces. There will be some who will just walk out on us. Nonetheless, Peter Paul continued to preach to whoever would listen to him. The reality, of course, is that those who today call you a babbler may a year later, several decades later, come to remember what you have shared and through their experiences may realise that what you have shared rings true to their lives. This is often the case when we, um, when we talk with younger people who are ambitious, who have different agenda, and they want success in life. So when we talk about eternal life, we walk, talk about life of compassion, they may not be interested at that moment, although some would be. But later in life, as they go through difficulties, as they think about their mortality, they would think again and remember what you've shared with them. So take heart, even if today they call you a babbler, laugh in your face, the seed has been sown. But some will, of course, come to believe in what you say right away. But today I want to talk something more about Paul's attitude towards the idols. And that has a lot of bearing on our going out in our prayer walks. I understand that from sermon I preached, uh, devotions I preached about a week or two ago, I talked about us taking an interest in our surroundings and going for prayer walks. Sometimes we see prayer walks then as just going there and conquer the land wherever our feet touch, it will be for the Lord. Well, that's Old Testament. But the purpose of a prayer walk is not simply to claim the land for God. The purpose of a prayer walk is to understand the people, their beliefs, their aspirations, their worship patterns, their religiosity, to know what they want and where they are. It is observation, it is listening. Look at what Paul did. Paul says, first of all, he says um, in verse 22, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Paul looked around, he looked around at the things that people worshipped, the number of idols, how often people worshipped, and he saw that they worshipped, they were very religious. Now, Paul did not condemn them and say, oh, you're really doing a bad thing. He did not feel that, wow, so religious, you are so entrenched in your religion, how do I change you? But rather, he took advantage of that, knowing that these people seek God 
And in a sense, it makes them hungry. And, and so one of the things that we do as we do a prayer walk, as we look at the idols that they have, how fervent are these people? How much do they seek God? But we also look at their lives, what they treasure. We look at the house and see, well, what's outside the house? Is it broken things? Are the houses neat? Are they simple? We understand as much as we can about the priorities in life. But Paul also said, I looked carefully at your objects of worship. So not only did he walk by and see, oh, there are lots and lots of idols, but he tried to understand the various idols that were there. He carefully examined each of the objects of worship. Understanding what people worship gives us a lot of insights. Some may simply have a little urn that they maintain or not maintain at all, and you can tell their level of religiosity. Some others may have very specific gods whom they worship very fervently, and they may also ask for certain things. So you see, uh, is it active? Are the joysticks burning? Have they been maintaining the altars? How much do they care for their gods? That's important to know as well. And so as you go, if it isn't intruding the privacy, take a picture, find out more about these gods that they are worshipping. Um, there are ways of finding out because a number of you come from those backgrounds and you know what these things mean. There are different types of worship as well. There is Even when we talk about Taoism or Buddhism, there are the pantheons of gods, there are the Japanese form of worship, there is the um, Chinese form of Buddhism, there are Burmese kind of Buddhism, there's a Thai form of Buddhism. So there are various, various forms. And the way of worship is different, the philosophies are different. I admit I know very little about them, but together I'm happy. I would love to find out more about each of these, just to understand where the people are, what is the philosophy in life? What do they believe in? Paul even knew some of the poems. He says in verse 28, and we'll look at that more late tomorrow, as some of your own poets said, we are his offspring. And so Paul realized that these people, while, while worshipping stones and pieces of wood, also saw themselves as the offspring of God. Now there's a lot of similarity then, and it helps Paul then to share the gospel knowing their philosophy in life, their religiosity, the gods that they worship, which would then reflect their priorities in life as well. Paul took time to understand their gods. And even along the way, he found an altar with this inscription to an unknown god. He realized then that this was an opening to share because if someone expressed, acknowledged that he did not know who he was worshipping and yet was worshipping, it gives a hint that they would want to know who that God is. And that gave actually gave Paul an opening to share God because he knew then that this person wanted to know and did not know. But you see, as we go through our prayer walks, we find out more about their habits, not just about their gods and their religiosity. For some, it may not be religiosity, for some, it may be other things. So you look at the door, right? 
there'll be some with a big portrait of Jesus, there'll be others with a big portrait of gun, uh, <clears throat> of um, an Indian god, that for yet others, there'll be an image of Chinese gods, um, various signs that show their religiosity. Understand this and be very sensitive to these things. As we go on our prayer walks then, as we begin to understand the neighbourhood and what the people there live for and aspire, do they have children? Do they have um, aged parents? Also, as we walk past and we see, are the doors open? Are the doors closed? Are they a welcoming group of people, always happy to see strangers walk by? Or are they very private and hidden? These things give us an insight as to how to pray and how to allow God to speak to us and reach out. We don't have to do, we can do walks in different ways. We can do a big sweep and understand the whole demographics of the place. Or we could do block by block and understand the individual units within that block and what they're like. But it is good that we make observations like these. Because then, as we know people externally, eventually, of course, we talk to people and we listen. And it's important to listen more than we talk at first. Find out if we can befriend them, find out what they like, what they want, what they hate, what their priorities are. And then that will help us to share with them the God, the Lord Jesus, who is so real to us. Tomorrow, then, we will look at Paul's approach to the Athenians as he preaches, as he talks, reveals his God, and how different it is from the way he spoke with the Jews. But for now then, think about that. Perhaps write a checklist of some of the things that you like to. I'm sure you can think of far more than I have listed. Spend a little time, think, write out a checklist of the things that you want to look out for as you grow for your prayer walks. And then, yeah, prayerfully, observe. Shall we pray? Father, we ask that you will grant us wisdom and compassion as we look into our neighbourhood, as we figure out who is around and what they are, religiosity, the priorities, things that matter to them. Allow us to understand these things, the people that you send us to, that indeed we may be ministers to them, that we may bring Christ to them, that Lord Jesus, you care for them and you care for their needs, that as we bring you to them, indeed they may see their needs met and they may know that you are the God who cares for them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, have a blessed day. Thank you and goodbye.